believe it or not, there's more to talk about in the 2023 draft than just quarterbacks for the Indianapolis Colts. There's still some holes all over the roster for this team, and the draft is where they're going to be filled. So let's talk about it. Welcome to the Horseshoe Huddle podcast presented by Fan Nation on SI.com. My name is Andrew Moore, and I'm joined here by my colleague, Drake Wally. Drake, we honestly just did a live stream just, uh, oh, I say four hours ago. We were live on the Bleach Report app. Shout out to Bleach Report. Uh, it was a fun time. We did a seven-round mock draft. If you guys haven't or weren't able to see it live, go to the Bleach Report app, download it, look onto the Indianapolis Colts feed, and we should be right there to see the mock draft that Drake and I did on the PFF simulator. But Drake, how you doing, man? One week one week seven days literally seven days from right now or exactly a week seven eight o'clock we'll be knowing who the indianapolis colts are taking at number four overall yeah and i'm like super excited about it i cannot wait to finally get all of the questions answered all of the bs uh cleared up the the smoke screens will no longer be in season they will be (laughs) gone they will be as clear as rainbows. So I, I am, yes, absolutely. And also me, myself, and our, our colleague on Saddle Up, Destin Adams, uh, we're going to be going live for the draft at 7 uh, p.m. And um, just going to kind of be doing a little bit of a show before then. And then, of course, we're going to very stressful. We're going to be live for the very stressful <laughs> Uh, first selection for the Indianapolis Colts for the future quarterback of the franchise. Right. Yeah. I, you guys are going to have to tune in for that. Destin and Drake, uh, Drake lost his camera there, but I'll, I'll keep going. Yeah. Destin and Drake are doing a, a live show, uh, the night of the draft. Um, I will be at the draft in Kansas City. That's why Drake and I won't be going live ourselves. So Destin is coming over, combining the two shows uh, uh, to to do a live reaction to the draft. I will be there in person covering it all. Uh, But you guys will definitely need to check that out. The chat is all ready going nuts and and we're going to start it out with a super chat from nathan nathan you gave us a super chat last time we really appreciate you thank you so much one of one of our biggest supporters so well well, before we dive into the offensive talk we'll answer this question nathan says i see colts going will anderson will anderson straight dog Nathan, I, I couldn't agree more about Will Anderson. Will Anderson is is an absolute beast on the defensive line. Uh, I think he's going to be a perennial pro bowler. But the Colts aren't going to take Will Anderson. The Colts are going to take a quarterback at number four. Uh, it's We already know that we have a good sense Bryce Young is going number one overall. So it's probably going to come down to the, the next three, C.J. Stroud, Anthony Richardson, Will Levis, one of those three will be the pick for the Indianapolis Colts at the top. Drake, do you think Will Anderson has a chance or do you think the Colts are going quarterback? I think if Matt Ryan would have finished with 25 touchdown passes, six interceptions, run heavy the, offense, right. you, know, <laughs> you, you make the divisional round, you win the division, Colts are probably like, hey, we could squeeze a couple more good years out of this guy and draft next year potentially and yeah we will go ahead and go with a generational edge rusher that is definitely not the case though so they're not going anybody but quarterback and if they did the entire city of indianapolis may be on fire 
<laughs> I do think Will Anderson will be a hell of a player, though. Like, like you, like I think you think, Nathan. We really appreciate it, buddy. Always great having you join us for the show. Though the rest of the chat also is going nuts. Bradley's talking about Josh Downs. Well, we might talk about him later. Uh, Truett, we've got Truett here. Uh, do we think we might get Stroud? Maybe if he falls down to number to number three or number four, uh, it's going to be interesting to say the least uh we've got L marvin fox saying that talking to logan schmidt who i'm going to get to right now <laughs> say we make the big money we've just had a busy day we've had a busy week yeah. <laughs> uh for for us but logan schmidt buddy we really do appreciate wow. all of your support can't thank you enough uh thank you for the tip drake and i have been grinding but hey it's it's for you guys we love hanging out with you guys. We love talking Colts football with you guys. Love putting out the great content for a team that we're all so heavily invested in. So, Logan, we really appreciate you. I know I've said it before. Go check out Logan and Drake's Twitter spaces Friday nights. Just a chill Twitter space talking about the Colts and all things football. It's a spicy sometimes. It's, it gets some spicy, but hey, it's entertaining. Good. It's entertaining. One of these days, I promise, guys, I will make an appearance one of these days. Maybe when my uh, my wife goes on her her girls trip uh, here in a, in a few weeks, uh, we'll see. Um, of course, we've got stats. Matt talking about Drake Spectrum is acting up with his uh, uh, his camera there everyone's here we've even got sarah sarah's here one week away so before we dive in of course i gotta tell you guys to go follow everything go ahead and like horse shuttle on facebook go ahead and follow at colts on fn on twitter subscribe to the youtube channel hit that bell so you know whenever we're going live destin shot are going live so that way you know when the, the live stream for the draft is going live and guys if you haven't noticed go ahead and look up in that top right hand corner We've got a newer logo, and you might be asking, what is FFSN? Well, guys, we've made the leap. We are now a podcast that you can actually listen to on the podcast platforms. We are no longer just on YouTube. We have joined the Fans First Sports Network uh, for our, our podcast needs. We are currently just on Megaphone. We are in the process of getting everything on to Apple Podcasts, Spotify, uh, and Google Podcasts, all of your podcast platforms. We will be there, I would say, within the next week. And as soon as we do, we know that we're live on those platforms, follow us on Twitter. We're going we're gonna to let you guys know there. And it's not just going to be our last episode. We're going to have everything from the C.J. Stroud episode, I think five or six episodes now away, on the podcast platforms there's going to be plenty of con of content there for you guys to enjoy stormy we really appreciate you thank you so much for thank the so super much. chat i know we've got a, a connection with with uh our, my co-host here with stormy uh thank you that so is my much. mother to anybody that's yes that's my yes. mom there we that's go. Her, that that is her author. That is her author name. So yeah. So go check out. Go check out all the all the things by Stormy Hellbrook. Really appreciate you. Thanks for tuning in. Uh, now let's dive into it. Well, we'll ask one more thing. Nathan asks: Is there a chance Nick Foles makes the team as a starting quarterback? No. That's no. No. The only reason he's on the team right now is because the Colts are, I think, are probably hoping he retires so that way they can open up some cap space. But uh, <laughs> but but like I said, guys, go ahead and follow us on Megaphone. The link is in the description for the podcast. And when we are on the Apple podcast, Spotify, all the other platforms, we'll be sure to let you know. So go subscribe, follow, review, 
all the fun stuff for podcasts. But Drake, I've done enough talking. We're seven minutes in, haven't even started talking about Colts Oof. football. Let's let's dive in. The Indianapolis Colts have more needs than just a quarterback. And, and as we've seen over the years, they do look for specific traits in these players uh, in order for them to, to, to really be considered a Colt or, or for the Colts to place them high up on their draft board. And I'm going to run through these real quick, and then we can kind of talk back and forth a little bit about them. Um, first of all, I think you guys know by how much we've talked about it, athleticism. The Colts love guys that have those high-end athletic traits. We saw it last year in the draft. The Colts drafted all their players, posted a RAS, which is a relative athletic score, of above nine on a 10-point on a scale. So they love their athletic guys. They love guys that can really, really go after size, height, weight, speed, all of those things combined. Uh the Colts love their athletes. The second is team captain. Team captains all across the board for the Colts love that football character. Want to have uh, want to have players that have shown that in the past. They love guys that go to the Senior Bowl. Uh, we've we've seen those those older prospects, those more mature prospects. Colts love to see guys that go to the Senior Bowl perform against top competition. Um, and then we've got blue card guys, and I'll explain this a little bit. What the Colts mean by blue card guys? They only give about maybe five or six of these out in the entire draft class blue card guys or blue chip prospects are the guys that they cannot pass up. If they fall to them in the draft, they're basically running the card up because they score high on, on, uh, uh, athletic ability they score high on production and they score high as far as football character and they're fit within the locker room Colts are very stingy about giving those out but uh Drake did I miss anything or or what do you think about (laughs) I know I kind of covered them all but uh what do you when you look at the Colts roster do you really see any guys on the roster that don't have these traits because it's really hard to find excuse me um no actually and and that's why that's why last year was such an interesting year is because you know you've seen some of these veteran guys especially on the offensive line guys like smith nelson kelly they've they've shown these exact traits and um no you actually you absolutely see this i think one thing did you mention senior bowl I did mention Senior Bowl. Senior okay, Bowl's yeah. been huge for them That's in huge. the past. Yeah. Chris Ballard will essentially, he will, he, I'm not saying he'll ignore someone if they don't go to the Senior Bowl, but that really pink, that really piques his interest. But no, I, I don't really see anybody right now. And it's, it's nice that Shane Steichen is now here with a breath of fresh air because that athleticism, the team captain, the, the, the blue, the blue card guy, whoever these rookies are, it's it seems like it's finally going to get back to that kind of football, which I'm sure any in any Indianapolis Colts fan can get pretty excited about. Right. Yeah. I, I the Colts really that they, they're very strict with with who they draft. A lot of guys. I mean, I, I think I know there's 250 some picks in the NFL draft every year. But when and, and this isn't just the Colts, this is a lot of teams. Their draft board really they only have draftable grades on maybe 120 players in the draft. There's a lot of guys that that each team will say for one reason or another, where whether it's character issues, whether it's a medical issue, whether it's they just don't fit the scheme. Um, 
just just all kinds of different things they'll say you know these guys don't fit what we're doing we're not going to put them on our board they're not going to be an option for us and i know last year there was a certain wide receiver that the colts were everyone thought the colts might take at the uh the middle of the second round and some stuff came out about this wide receiver that was not was not typically good on the character side and the Colts took him off their draft board literally a day before the draft and and it really influenced who the Colts did take and the Colts obviously ended up with Alec Pierce and and I think that's going to uh prove to be a very good decision as stats Matt says if you're in the chat stats Matt put his uh his initials up there and I think you can kind of see uh see what I mean but yeah, there's guys that are going to be undraftable that we might not think are are undraftable by the Colts standards. So when you're looking at Colts prospects and who the Colts might draft, do they are uh, are they a high level athlete? Were they a team captain? Did they go to the Senior Bowl? All those things are need to be considered when you look at these different prospects. But but Drake, we're doing offense today. We will be doing defense next Monday. So the biggest issue I think. For this Colts outside of quarterback, for this Colts team on the on the offensive side of the ball, it's got to be the offensive line. The offensive line was a turnstile last year. Yes, it did get better, but uh, there's still need for improvement. So when we're looking at, at guys at offensive linemen that the Colts might take, um, what do you think the Colts are looking for in in these offensive linemen and and who they might select probably on day two of the draft? You know, offensive line is such a difficult position to play, regardless of if it's center, interior, like guard, tackle. You're you're essentially running into other 300-pound men, keeping them from attacking your 200-plus-pound quarterback. So it's it's always going to be a learning curve, uh, adjusting from college to the NFL. But I think they're looking for three things. Athleticism, as you Mm -hmm. mentioned. They're looking for ability to, uh, you know, maybe if they're looking at a – a three-year starter did he progress each year they want somebody who's going to continue to get better and just who has like you said that team captain type of mentality that's willing to say hey guys we've allowed six sacks we're starting the fourth quarter we need to do something or else we are going to lose this game and allow 10 on the day they need that kind of voice in the in the uh, offensive line right I, I think another thing that that they'll be looking for is a guy that that likes to play through the whistle and what i mean by that is a guy that loves to finish his blocks this colts offensive line was pushed around last year and that's putting it that's putting it lightly they 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 did not stand up to the challenge i mean when when you see Kayvon thibodeau doing snow angels next to a writhing nick Foles, and the offensive line just doesn't do anything i mean that's that was terrible. That was just uh, an embarrassing moment for that team. So you want guys with a little bit of an edge. You want guys kind of like how Quentin Nelson, I think Quentin Nelson still has that in him, but Quentin Nelson at the beginning of his career, you saw him just absolutely mowing dudes into the ground, not caring who who was on that side, uh, who he was going up against. He was going to basically take your lunch and eat it right in front of you so with that in mind drake i'm gonna let you we kind of talked about who our who our guys were uh before the show but i'm gonna let you give yours first so we're going to name an early round pick that we would choose it would fit with the colts a mid-round pick and a late round pick so drake who is your early round selection that you think would be really good for the indianapolis colts you know i know that a lot of people, in fact, I see Colts House um, on the most recent chat said <clears throat> Torrance-Nelson combo could make a good combo. 
especially if they draft Anthony Richardson, that's somebody who they, who, you know, might be able to help Richardson knows him from college. Mm -hmm. I do not go Torrance though, because of the worries with his shaky blocking consistency. I want to go TCU's Steve Avila. That's mm -hmm. the guy I want to take in the early rounds. That's a guy that you can plug and play right there at right guard. Look, at the end of the day, I think that they like Will Fries. They want Will Fries, but you cannot have Pinter prior 2.0. That's that's a fast track to a 4-12-1 season, as you <laughs> saw. So you don't want to do that again. Push Will Fries. You pretty much got Raymond. He's good. Push Will Fries. Either he's going to get supplanted or you're going to find out that this dude is the real deal. Right. You you nailed it right on the head. You, While Will Fries did show some promise, you can't go into the the next season with betting betting that, that Will Fries is going to either going to take that next step or you're going to be fine with Will Fries. That's exactly the situation that the Colts got their offensive line in last year, and it didn't go well. Stats, Matt, I'm going to go with your boy. Cody Mock, the toothless red-headed version of Quentin Nelson, as <laughs> Stats Matt guy. says. Love I Cody. if you've seen my mock drafts all all offseason or all leading up to the draft, Cody Mock has been in every single one of them. Uh, a guy that played left tackle at North Dakota State, but he fits better at guard in the NFL. I think he's about six foot five, 300 pounds. He's gonna need to put up probably put on a little bit of weight, but man the kid plays with a tenacity that that rivals that of quentin nelson i think he's going to make a there's going to be a learning curve for him to switch inside to guard but man cody mock there cody mock would be probably be one of the guys if he's available there at 35 the colts would really be hard pressed to move back into the into the second round or, or trade back in the second round i think they would really like cody mock on that team and 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 i know the colts for a fact are very interested in and and have a very high grade on Cody Mock as well. Cody Mock seems like the kind of guy up there in North Dakota that chooses to live in the mountains in a <laughs> log cabin and catches his his like meals and actually eats it raw. I mean, you're not dude, wrong. You're the, not the wrong. dude. Literally looks like an offensive lineman. He plays to the whistle. He is tenacious. That is everything that checks every box that you want. If you're looking, if you're looking at pushing a guy like Will Fries, a guy like Cody Mock would be perfect. Love the fact that you put him there. Right. Colts House says that I hate to say it, boys, but cornerback might be a bigger need by losing Gilmore. And it very well could. Uh, you, you could see there's a lot of good cornerbacks. We'll talk about those on Monday that oh, the yeah. Colts I know really like in this draft. And and I know the, the Colts haven't made a move yet at cornerback. So while you know you have a, a semi-starter level talent in Will Fries, you really don't have a starter at cornerback. So I think it is it is going to be between those two. You're either going to get a cornerback in the second round or you're going to get an interior offensive lineman. But Drake, go ahead and, and give us your your late your I'm sorry, your mid-round offensive line pick that you think would be a really good fit with the Colts. Well, it's very simple. I'm going with logic here. It's a guy that the Colts have shown some interest in, and that's OSU's DeWan Jones. Uh, I, I think that they're pretty high on him. Again, if the Colts, at least under Chris Ballard, if they are scouting an offensive lineman, you can just bet that they are versatile and athletic. We kind of already covered this. Same thing with DeWan Jones. They feel like he can probably play multiple positions. And people, you know, might, with, with the untrained eye might say tackle to guard. How big of a difference is that? It's a world of difference. You're talking about pull blocks as opposed to just simple back step blocks. So 
I think that a guy like Dewan Jones fits the mold. Plus, like I said, they've just been all over him. They've been like scouting the crap out of him. So they they really have. Uh, Dewan Jones, I think I, I don't know if he's going to be available in the mid rounds. I think if the Colts are going to take Dewan Jones, it's probably going to be have to be in the second round. Um, and and it'd be interesting because Dewan Jones is six foot eight over 350 pounds he's he doesn't really have the body for a guard he's got an incredibly long wingspan you typically want that guy to be a right tackle so in that case you might see Braden Smith who played right guard at Auburn uh, for his college career the Colts drafted him to be a, a right guard he just happened to to turn into one of the better right tackles in the NFL do the Colts switch Braden Smith inside to right guard if they do select Dewan Jones I, I think that's that's a very big possibility then you kind of shore up right guard with with uh, uh braden smith you get that absolute behemoth of a human being in dewan jones there uh, on the outside as a bookend with with bernard raymond on the other side could be interesting but uh my, my mid-round pick is another guy that they played tackle would probably switch inside to guard nick saldaveri out of old dominion he's a small school guy hell of an athlete athletic testing off the charts, uh, but he's got great footwork, uh, really just kind of needs to work with his consistency, put it all together. Do I think he starts at right guard from day one? Probably not, but I do think that you can see middle of, middle of that, uh, that rookie season towards the end of the year, once Nick Saldaveri kind of gets used to the NFL game, he could be the future starter there at right guard. And then for the late round pick, I'm going to go with a guy that, that I coming across doing the doing the indie draft guy, I came across this guy late, but I really love his tape, and that's John Gaines the second. John Gaines the second, a guard at at UCLA. Again, high high level athlete, very long. You, you again, and another guy that just needs to be more consistent with his footwork. He's not a guy that's going to start from day one. Might not even start that first year, but. Once you get him into an NFL program, he's a guy that has shown to take coaching really well. I think he could be a really solid starter at right guard if you're looking to bet on his upside on day three. Yeah, yep. And one of the things that kind of plays into the guy that I've got for the late pick is it's a totally different story as I think that he was probably going to be more of your like maybe even a late date, like a late second round pick potentially or something like that. And then he had a combine injury and that's Andrew Voorhees. I really do think that this is a guy that you're going to have to just accept and say, look, he's probably long-term. Obviously he's probably going to sit out that rookie year, but man, all of, all of the tape, all of the intangibles, all of the, everything else screams that this guy's a starter. So I think if he's just sitting there in the late rounds and you're the Colts, you'd be really hard pressed not to just be like, you know what, regardless of if we can use him or not, we should just take him because the guy had such a high upside. Then he got hurt. So he's going to fall to those later rounds might be a bargain pick and we call him bargain Ballard. <laughs> I mean, you're, you're not wrong there. Andrew Voorhees. I, I like his tape. I really do. I think he's a solid starter. And, and I think that, that he could be someone that, uh, 
that eventually starts at right guard down the road. It's really going to be all about the medicals uh, with Andrew Voorhees and how far he does slip in the draft. If he slips to mid to late day three, I think he's absolutely would be a target for the Indianapolis Colts. We've got Sky back in here. We really appreciate hey, you, buddy. Uh, always coming and, and showing support. Uh, Sky says we need an explosive ride receiver for that offense. Jalen Hyatt. Well, Scott, we're actually going to move it along to the wide receivers right now. And and Jalen Hyatt, we have can we have talked about him. Uh I he'd be an interesting case there in, in slot. Uh, he definitely has the speed to get it done. Um, and, but does he fit what the Colts typically look for? in their wide receivers so let's talk about that now sky we really appreciate the support buddy always uh on our shows on week in and week out really appreciate it and uh stats matt says andrew you might know this why did uh john michael schmidt's name fall off a cliff um i i don't think it has around the league i think john michael schmidt's is is still uh, considered probably the the number one or number two center I think as for the Colts community, because John Michael Schmitz has really only played center. That's why, again, you're, you're talking about kind of the, the Danny Pinter situation. Since the Colts are keeping Ryan Kelly, the need to get us a, a, a pure center is, isn't nearly as high. Now, if, if you were looking for a starter at center, then yes, John Michael Schmitz, I think would be that guy because he is ready to start from day one. But you're not going to take him, try to make him go to guard when when all of his natural ability has shown he can play center really well. So I think that's why his name hasn't been mentioned as much with the wide receiver with the offensive line. But Drake, let's talk about wide receivers. When we're looking at wide receivers for the Indianapolis Colts, what do the Colts always draft? Guys that are over six foot, two hundred pounds. Yeah, absolutely. And in fact, uh, I think it's Steve Keown, Steve Keown. Not sure what we typically look for in wide receivers is really working out and us getting explosive top-notch guys, excuse me. Um, so I actually think that perhaps by bringing in five foot nine inch Isaiah McKenzie, maybe Ballard with his seat very hot is willing to maybe go outside of his typical requirements for a guy like that. Because if you, if you're talking about in space, you want a guy who's a little smaller, but anyway, um, I, I think that if we're talking early, if we're talking really early, Jalen Hyatt obviously is a huge addition, but I think you're talking more John Mingo from Ole Miss that that'd be my pick. I know who Andrews is. That's why I avoided it. Cause that's actually mine too. But anyway, John Mingo is a big physical. He's like six foot two, 220 pounds. He could play that big slot receiver, give guys nightmares. He's bigger and more physical than Paris Campbell and can probably block better too. You'd get that Zach Pascal back that they missed with those long runs. So for me, I think that Chris Ballard's mouth is watering when he sees a guy like John Mingo. Jonathan Mingo is, is the prototypical, uh, Chris Ballard wide receiver over six foot over 200 pounds uh still still pretty quick runs a four four six forty I think uh primarily plays in the slot really good blocker really uh uh someone that isn't afraid to to go and block which the Colts I think desperately needed after the loss of Zach Pascal. Jonathan Mingo if I think if there's a chance he goes in the second round if he's there in the third round 
I think the Colts would take him in the third round. Um, I, he is just an absolute stud, and I know the Colts have a have a, again have a good grade on on Jonathan Mingo. Uh, but yeah, typically when you're looking at Colts wide receivers that they draft over six foot over 200 pounds uh usually they have that vertical speed in them like to go get jump balls long have a big catch radius they might struggle with some drops at times but the colts have typically looked past that um but the guy guy that as as stats about him and i have been just on the same on the same wavelength tonight i think tyler scott is a huge name to watch and that's who i'm picking as my early round because i don't think tyler scott makes it out of the second round wide receiver out of cincinnati again a little bit smaller he's under six foot under 200 pounds but as you mentioned drake there, there seems to be a little bit of a shift and i think that has to do with shane steichen i think shane steichen coming Absolutely. in here i don't think there's necessary frank reich might have might have been the same way of saying like hey i want bigger wide receivers all, all around so that way they can switch in and out seems like shane steichen doesn't have that that those requirements i mean we brought the colts brought in isaiah mckenzie who is Five, he even said it on our. He's maybe listed at five nine. He said it when we interviewed him that he's actually five seven, five seven under two hundred pounds, but lightning quick. Colts could look for somebody like that for Tyler Scott, an absolute burner. Who I know the Colts have done extensive work with. He even admitted it in an interview on the Athletic as well. Tyler Scott very well could be the pick. That's who we picked in our Bleacher Report mock draft in the third round. Tyler Scott is definitely a name to watch for the Indianapolis Colts if he can make it to the third round. Well, and very brief. Think about the best friend for a rookie quarterback. It's a guy that you can get that ball out quick and in space to. Calvin right. Johnson didn't catch little hitch routes and then get in space. Okay. He had crisp route running and deep ball ability and 50-50 ball ability and just outmuscled everybody with with everything else. The guy was big receivers. You don't you don't want them like to be the quick little out in space guy. You want the little scat back type looking guys. And that's exactly what Isaiah McKenzie is. Now, obviously Scott is a little bigger, but I think he fits that mold perfectly. And I think that you mentioned it in the mock draft earlier that he could push Isaiah McKenzie for that wide receiver three spot. Right. And, and then I'm going to give my, my mid round pick here. Um, it's a guy that, that might not be on, on too many people's, uh, boards necessarily uh but i think i'm gonna go with marvin mims out of oklahoma again another small guy i for some reason i just have this feeling that if the colts take a wide receiver if it's not jonathan mingo it's gonna be one of these smaller guys a lot of slot receivers in this class which luckily that's what the colts need and they're not that they might not necessarily be top end first round wide wide receivers but you could find a nice slot receiver in those middle rounds marvin mims another guy with great speed um he is not that big i think he is only like 510 511 183 pounds but i know he ran a 438 40 yard dash just absolutely blazing speed put that guy in the middle you can stretch that defense you have a deep guy a guy in the slot to clear things out i think marvin mims in the third round would also be great value wyatt law agrees with me good to see you buddy mims is electric well and the thing about uh before i get to my pick marvin mims i've got it here he's five foot eleven but he's 177 pounds. So that is very lean, quick Deontay Smith type mm-hmm. of body, or uh, excuse me, Devontae, Devontae Smith, Devontae Smith uh, type of body where you're kind of like, well, is that going to work out well? Well, clearly, if the, it, he knows he's light and he knows he's very quick on his feet. So for me, it's A.T. Perry from Wake Forest because I am going the Ballard way. I want the mm-hmm. big 
nasty, fast, physical dude. And this is a guy who's pretty much Jonathan Mingo, but he's falling in later rounds. So it's one of those things where you want that blocking. Because again, Jack Doyle and Zach Pascal. Yes, the O-line in 21 was fantastic, but the guys that really punched those deep runs for Taylor were guys like Pascal and guys like Doyle who would make those second and third level blocks. A.T. Perry, you won't have any shortage of blocking. So I think if you're looking at the Colts right now, yes, you picked up McKenzie. He's not a blocker, though. You need a big body blocker. Right. A.T. Perry, I think, would be a the classical mid-round wide receiver pick for Chris Ballard in the Annapolis and the Indianapolis Colts. Drake, who's your late round selection if the Colts are looking for a wide receiver on day three? Oh, man. So th- this is a guy that I fell in love with at the Combine. Um, <laughs> yes, I'm, he did. He Drake, yeah. I know I know who he's talking about. Drake just was salivating at this guy's potential in a, in a Shane Steichen offense. <laughs> So he, he comes from Princeton University, and his name is Andre uh, Iosavis. And this dude is lightning quick. Guy's like six foot five. He can block. He had an absolutely immaculate, smooth catching radius. The guy is going to fall in the late rounds. And I'm telling you, if he's sitting there in round five with those three picks they've got, they don't have one in six. But if he's sitting there in seven, which I think they have two, my God, you got to pick up Iosavas. You're going to love him because he can do pretty much everything. Might be more raw than usual because Princeton doesn't have an immaculate offense. But man, Shane Steichen could probably help mold the guy for sure. Stats Matt saying to take Jalen Wayne and pair him with with uh, his uncle or his second Very cousin fair. Reggie Wayne um, <laughs> as a uh, as a pairing for the Indianapolis Colts. Now Drake Iosavis, you you might have a he's pretty big, six foot three, two hundred five pounds, runs a four four forty. But my guy is a little bit bigger and a little bit faster. Bryce Ford Wheaton out of West Virginia. He's six foot four, 221 pounds, and runs a 4-3-8-40. He reminds me of Mike Strawn or Desmond Patman, uh, Doris Fountain. Big wide receivers with a huge catch radius, have plenty of speed to get down the field as a deep threat. Just a very raw. But again, when you're talking about Chris Ballard, and we're not uh, speaking of which, we're not going to talk about with the next pick because it kind it came out at seven. So Drake, neither Drake or I have seen it yet. We'll talk about it next week. Uh, but Chris Ballard says bet on those high end, high end traits. So when you get someone that's that's kind of like that Mike Strong that they've been trying to build, Bryce Ford Wheaton, I think has tremendous upside there at the end of the draft, I, and I think you could probably look for him sixth seventh round Colts could probably take a shot on Bryce Ford Wheaton but we're, we're going to wrap up the offensive side of the ball here talking about the running backs and the tight end positions now the Colts running back room pretty solid I would say with Jonathan Taylor Zach Moss Deion Jackson tight end room same Jelani Woods Kylan Granson Mo Alley Cox Drew Ogletree there's not too much of a need here but I mean, you can find some, there's a, it's a very stacked tight end class and you can find some very good running backs either late on day three or as undrafted rookie free agents. Drake, when you're looking at both of these positions at the running back position and the tight end position, what, what traits do you see the Colts usually going after when, when drafting or picking up players for these two positions? Shiftiness is number one, because if you look at any one of these guys right now on the roster, I mean, Zach Moss is probably for running back. Yeah, for running back. He, he's the least amount of it, but even he's 
able to create space in traffic. Taylor is, I've always said it and I'll continue to say this. My friend Dylan Gonderman actually coined this. The great thing about JT is he's lightning in a bottle. Okay. And then you've got Deion Jackson, who can also be that way. Very shifty guy. I think they look for very quick movement. But in this case, I think they're looking for a Naeem Hines clone, almost. A guy that's very small, a guy that's very compact, and more of the kind of pass-down type of guy. For me, it's Deuce Vaughn from uh, from Kansas State. He's only five foot five, which is astonishingly tiny. But man, that could really cause some problems with a guy like Steichen who knew how to use Boston Scott, Miles Sanders, and Kenneth Gainwell in Philly. Can't tell me he couldn't figure out a scat back like Deuce Vaughn. I, I yeah, I mean you're you're talking about a guy that's that seems like a Darren Sproles size. Uh, maybe, maybe a Naheem Hines, like you said. Um I, I saw I saw Deuce Vaughn in, in person when I was at the Big 12 championship game. Kid can move. Kid can move. He's uh he's a guy that that while he is small, it's almost like he hides behind those offensive linemen. You don't really know where he is on um, until until he's gone almost. So it, it, it's a very interesting pick. Stats Matt says Taji Spears. I think Taji Spears is going to be a mid, maybe third, fourth round pick. And that's the only reason why I say he's probably not the best fit for the Colts, simply because he's going to go way before the Colts are even considering uh, a running back. For me, I'm going with a guy that, I mean, we talked about how Jonathan Taylor, Zach Moss, uh, guys, they, they can cover running the ball. But the biggest thing that's missed with, with Naheem Hines going to Buffalo is ability to catch the ball out of the backfield and be a receiving back. And for me, that's Evan Hall out of Northwestern. The kid over the past two seasons caught 94 catches uh, or 94 balls, excuse me, at Northwestern in, a, in an offense that that really isn't known for throwing the ball. He's probably the best or the most natural uh, pass catching back in this class. Only the only problem is he does need considerable work on his pass protection. That's something that 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 desperately needs work. So will the Colts keep him on the practice squad, or is he going to be a guy that wins that third that third down uh, running back role, while also earning his keep on special teams? I could see that. But Evan Hall, big fan. He's who I put in my all drafts team. I think that's somebody we could see as an option at running back, either late in the draft or as an undrafted free agent for the Colts now moving along to the tight end I think the trait that the trait that stands out the most very tall room it seems like every single one of them outside of Kylan Granson is six foot five or above Kylan Granson at, at six foot two is the uh, the tiny one if you even can call him that of the bunch considering neither one of Drake or I are are taller than six foot but uh, I digress I saw saw Truett ask this uh so are we keeping Moali Cox with the rumors uh so far I mean I I think that Mo, there is a chance Moali Cox could be dealt but with such a strong tight end class that's coming up in this draft, there is no market for, for tight ends right now. So it, it would probably have to be till after the draft. Maybe a, a, a team doesn't hit on one of its tight end picks or, or isn't able to get the guy that they want at the tight end position. Then you might see a little bit of a market for Moelle Cox. But as of right now, there really isn't one. So, so Drake, we know the Colts love tight ends that, that that are huge have a huge catch radius can run the seam but i think the biggest need would be a blocking tight end what do you think you know it's interesting because i think that they may have shored that up with pharaoh brown 
I think that Farrell mm-hmm. Brown is a career blocking tight end. Basically, I think over like five years, the dude has like 45 catches or something. Phenomenal blocker, though. And Andrew Ogletree, in his own right, is a phenomenal blocker, especially in the run game. I think that Jelani Woods is going to start getting more developed in his blocking, too. So for me, I actually think that they're going to go Marshawn Ford from Louisville. Now, this is okay. another guy that's like Kylan Granson. He's six foot two, he's a burner. I just think that with guys like Brown, I mean, you got Brown, you got um, Ogletree, you've got Woods. Those are some trees. Then you've got Granson, and I think you want to push him because there's been big question marks about Kylan Granson. So I think best way to do that is to push the guy, get another guy that's like him, that's hungry enough to potentially take a starting spot, and you might get the best out of him in that case. Right. I I think if the Colts are going to take a, uh, a tight end and stats, Matt, again, reading my mind as he says, can't say it, cannot root for the Colts to draft a Purdue player. But I'm thinking that might be who it is. Payne Durham, or or as we like to say, Jack Doyle 2.0. 2.0. And, <laughs> and a guy that has a very good relationship with Jack Doyle. He he models his game after the former Pro Bowl Colts tight end. He's not a guy that's going to burn you down the field. He might not be the most athletic guy out there, but all he does is he sticks his nose in there, blocks well, and opens holes up for his running backs. He's uh, got solid hands over the middle, and on a third and seven, he's going to get you eight yards. So Payne Durham, Jack Doyle 2.0 could be very well be what this Colts team needs if they do decide to select the tight end. I think it's going to be someone like that. I see I see uh, names as, as Colts House saying uh, uh, Tucker Craft or, or Zach Koontz. Um, I've seen Michael Mayer. I've seen Dalton Kincaid, uh, Darnell Washington. Listen, guys, all of those tight a lot of those tight ends are going to go in the second and third, fourth rounds. Mayer's a first rounder. Mayer is a first rounder. Yeah. As well as Dalton Kincaid, yeah. uh, Luke Musgrave is another one of those. The Colts aren't are just. I don't think the Colts have are going to take a tight end that high in the draft, especially after putting so much draft capital into the tight end position last year. They've got a lot of young, good players. They need someone that that could be a, a blocking in line tight end, and probably they're going to try to. They would take one later in the draft because you can't fill everything with 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 the limited amount of picks up at their low at the top of the draft logan schmidt says michael mayer at four as a notre dame fan hey that'd be pretty cool but uh i want a quarterback at four personally so those are the offensive uh skill or positions that outside a quarterback that the colts will be looking at in the draft let us know in the comments below if you like our fits that we chose if you have other fits that you think are better definitely leave a comment and uh, let us know so drake let's move it along to the latest colts news and rumors the Colts did talk uh have some media availabilities yesterday but the one that stood out to I think everybody was we heard from Shaquille Leonard and and we got an update on how his back is doing he said that it act that it's progressing well that he feels better than he did all of last season still not ready to say he's back to 100 but he says he feels more strength in that calf he feels more explosive in that calf and 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 he says he feels like he everything is firing again which i think is great news 
I know there's still some people. I was talking to Wyatt Law on Twitter today that he's not so sure. He's still a little skeptical until he actually sees Shaq Leonard back out on the field. Drake, what do you think about Shaq Leonard's injury? And 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 were you encouraged yesterday by the comments, not only from him, but from Gus Bradley, Sire Franklin, and some others that that spoke to uh, an injury that Shaq's been dealing with for for over a year now? Well, when you're talking about the back, when you're talking about nerves, it's really delicate. So um, it can affect far more than just one area of the body. So I, I felt very, very reassured from Shaq Leonard. Um, also, just a default thing about the guy is he is an absolute warrior. He really shouldn't have even been out there last year, but he still was out there pretty much dealing with 25% health and still playing downs on a very bad NFL football team. So I think that this is a guy that's hungry. I do like Logan's comment uh, about Shaq as defensive player of the year, 2023. If there's one guy that I don't know about his body, I don't know if it's ready to hit that yet, but his mind is, and it's already there. And I'm telling you, if there's one guy who would push himself to get to that point, it's Shaq Leonard of the Colts. Stats Matt says here, I think he's a tad closer than he let on, but didn't want to raise expectations. And I mean, when, when you're, when you watch Shaquille Leonard go up to the podium, he's always honest with the media. I mean, he doesn't care what, 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 what they, who's in the room. He's going to give you an honest answer. I mean, that's why he talks when he calls people out on Twitter. Uh, That's just Shaquille Leonard. He was very honest last about how hard last year was mentally. Physically, he said he was embarrassed sometimes that he was couldn't get out there and, and fight with his brothers. Um, he said it was one of the hardest years of his entire life. And and I think I think what he's doing, and I, I really like that that comment by Stats Matt because he said yesterday that he was the while people were saying that he was selfish by sitting out, he said the thing that he was selfish about was trying to come back too early. And then when he was on the field, he was hurting his team. And, and we talked, we, we talked about it at the time when you see him, when you saw him out there, he was slow. He wasn't able to be the Shaq Leonard that we've all come to know and love over the past five seasons. So, when you when you're talking about a guy whose whose game is predicated on being explosive, being able to react, being able to use his speed and his instincts, when you can't do that, I mean it takes a lot out of you. No, he is not considering retirement. Absolutely not. Kevin Bowen asked that yesterday, and Shaq said no before he could even finish the question. So that is not on the table. But I think we need to keep this in mind that that. I think he saw what coming back too early could do last year and he wants to take the appropriate steps. And again, we said this last year, it's only April. He has plenty of time to get healed. I'm not going to panic yet. I, if, if it gets to August and into, uh, and it's, he's still not close to returning, then I think you guys can hit the panic button, but it seems very encouraging. It seems like now what it's about is just building up that strength in the calf, in the ankle, making sure everything continues to fire as it should. And, and then once once they're comfortable with it, then they can ramp up the activity, ramp it, and, and make sure that he can handle uh, the workload that he could. But just reading his body language, reading Gus Bradley's, Ira Franklin's body language about how they've talked with him and been around him, Shaq Leonard feels like he's in a different place. And I don't think he would be mentally. And I don't think he would be showing it so much outwardly 
if he was still afraid of not being able to come back. I think he feels right now that the issue has been resolved and it's just now working his way back till he gets off, uh, till he's able to get back on the field. Absolutely. And to make it very brief, this is a guy who is one of the most undersized linebackers in the NFL. The guy is like six foot three, like 235 pounds. He is very light, very off his feet, likes to move quickly. So having nerve issues had to have absolutely frustrated the guy. And I actually like, um, there was a comment earlier that mentioned that he's the top defensive player in the entire NFL when healthy. It's really hard to, to upend Aaron Donald, I will say, but look, at the end of the day, if you're talking linebackers, this isn't even biased. This is a man who plays like two or three linebackers and one human being when he's feeling 80% on any given day. If he feels like 100%, you are looking at a any given year defensive player of the year. Mark my words. If he's 100%, whew, that's an entirely different defense from start to finish. I'll say this. We, we will all be happy to see Shaq Leonard back rocking that number 53 fully healthy on this Colts defense because when he's out there making plays, football is just a lot more fun to watch for all of us. But that's our show for this evening, guys. Really appreciate it. We had a lot of fun talking about prospects that weren't quarterbacks. We've been talking quarterbacks for weeks. It was fun to dive into some of the others. I know. Exactly. It, It was fun not talking quarterbacks for once which we'll certainly be talking about them one week from tonight but shout out to colt's house sarah logan for the massive super chat uh wyatt law uh nico uh gart gardaki's playground hopefully i said that right sky stats <laughs> matt uh frank cook i think i said wyatt law already uh, i saw marvin fox nathan for the super chat uh stormy for the super chat you guys absolutely killed it true it always for your support we love you guys we really do please go ahead and follow us on all the things go ahead and like horseshoe huddle on facebook go ahead and follow at colts on fn on twitter subscribe to the youtube channel and hit that bell so you know whenever drake and i are going live whenever destin and shot are going live one week guys till the first round of the nfl draft begins and like I said, link is in the description to go follow us on Megaphone. If you want to hear the podcast on there, we will let you guys know as soon as we are available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google, all the things. We're just waiting on that to get approved through those channels. But Drake, go follow Drake, first of all, at D Walster Drake. Again, he's been writing like crazy. What are some things on horseshoehuddle.com that the people should go check out? I'm ta- uh, so the two pieces that re- I think that are the most recent one is um, that, you know, Peter Schrager's comment on Will Levis, you know, that could actually hold some weight. And then I actually did a top, I did a prediction piece on what each quarterback from one to five, from young all the way to Hendon Hooker, how they would fare starting every single game, 17 games for the current Colts roster. I did a prediction piece and um want to hear everybody's thoughts on that one for sure yeah that was a fun one uh, i really like that seeing where and I your reasoning like reasoning behind uh the the different quarter uh, different records you gave each quarterback so i like i said i released my all fits team so every position on the roster i put a guy from the dra- 2023 draft class that i think best fits the indianapolis colts and then i released the story on shaquille leonard and everything that he's been thinking behind the scenes uh and and what he hopes to accomplish when he's back on the field so definitely go check that out 
And guys, I won't get to talk to you until until Monday, but I'm dropping my final mock draft on Monday with who I think the Colts are going to draft, if I think the trades are going to be made. All of that will be in that mock draft that drops Monday morning, so be sure to check that out. Like I said, go follow Drake at Drake. You can follow me at Andrew Moore NFL, and we will be back Monday night to talk about the defensive side of the ball and defensive prospects that we think best fit and who could be Indianapolis Colts after next weekend is in the books. But until then, enjoy your weekend. And guys, the draft is only a week away. We'll see you soon.